Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited that you're about to listen in on another episode of the Made Possible by podcast. I wanted to take a quick second to let you know exactly what we do. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provide a more effective way to share their stories of good. Now let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy with Made Possible by, and we love to share stories of good. We love to share stories of individuals, businesses, organizations, anyone who's connecting with their community and choosing to give back. We say that we love to make good loud. And this is one of my favorite parts of my role that I get to connect with people around the world and share their stories. And today I'm so excited to have Eve and Liv with us all the way. There are uh, Northern neighbors all the way from Canada. Y'all are in, y'all listen to me. I'm showing the Oklahoma. <laughs> y'all are in Oklahoma, right? I don't know, you're in Toronto? That's right. We're, we're Wellness World is based in Toronto, so we're out here up north. Okay, fantastic. So these two ladies are the founders of Wellness World. And Wellness World is a B2B SaaS holistic student life platform, which aims to improve student wellness and engagement in the campus community. And I'm going to let them dive way more into that and explain what that looks like. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about them individually. Liv Han is a co-founder. She is an alumni from the Institute of Integrative in Nutrition. That sounds interesting, Integrative Nutrition. Okay, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, she seeks to support individuals through their wellness journey as a holistic health coach. She inspires through sharing insight and featuring guests on her podcast, Live to Share, great name, by the way. I like that. She loves to lift her community by sharing accessible content across her social media platforms. And then Eve, and I am going to do my very best to not trash Eve's last name. Eve has basically, what are there, 15 consonants in your last name? I think 12, but close. 12, okay, it's 12, 12 words. Sorry, 12 letters. Yes, 12 One letters. word. Okay, so Eve Dastishin. Okay, Staffishan, thank you. She is a describes herself as a dynamic learner, a playful yogi, jamming violinist, a mental health advocate, and an out of the box believer. The violinist, that's interesting. A jamming violin, not just a violinist, she jams on her violin. Nice. Gotta have fun. There you go. She's passionate about using entrepreneurship as a tool for meaningful social exchange. And previously, she's led campus-wide mental health campaigns at the University of Ottawa and conducted research at Taylor Newberry Consulting on the youth wellness hubs in Ontario. She's also a trained yoga instructor, instructor with Power Yoga Canada and loves leading mindfulness meditations in her free time. So you ladies have a lot going on. And then you decided in all this, let's start a business, right? Why not? Why not? Why not? It's in mid-COVID, right? Or beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we start? You guys tell, each, both of you tell us something unique about you and something that made you smile or brought you joy this week. 
Oh, they both looked up and to I the think right. <laughs> what, what, I, I'll share something. Um, I'll share something from earlier today, actually, um, something that work related and something that I love to do. I was connecting with mental health advocates and activists from the University of Toronto, speaking about the sort of what they've identified as challenges and the solutions they're working towards. So it was really having amazing, um, insightful conversations with them this morning. And that brightens my day. Liv and I are always connecting with students to understand the changing and the very dynamic student needs and, and wants on campus. So it was part of my day today and made me happy to just have such a vulnerable and open conversation with them. Nice. So tell us something unique about you, Eve, other than being a jamming violinist. Or what does that <laughs> look like? That's, that's interesting. And so I've played the violin since I was five and a half. And so I've gotten to play in orchestras and with friends. And um, I, well, I did classical training, but I've actually also played for a Beatles tribute group, believe it or not. So that's nice. a really fun fact that I usually don't share, but that's maybe where the jamming comes from. Okay. H have you heard of Bry Byron Berline? I haven't. Yeah, he's a world famous violinist. He's um, bluegrass, folksy. He's, mm. He lives in the town that I live in and he has a huge following. He's played with everybody from the Rolling Stones to, wow. I mean, he's just, he's the guy. He's been in lots of movies, but anyhow. Yeah. I'll have to check him out. Yeah, you want to. to. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely talented. So Liv, give us something unique about you and something that brought you joy this week. Something unique about me. I don't know if it's that unique, but I'm an absolute foodie um, in the way that I really love also just understanding the science of how food impacts our body and ultimately our mental health as well. Um, I think it's something as just a collective that we overlook a lot of the time. And I think a lot when it comes to wellness, especially there's so much that is in our control. Um, and a lot of the time we focus on the things that may not necessarily be in our control. So I'm really passionate about just bringing more education and awareness around how we can treat our bodies better with through nutrition as well. Um, and something that brought me joy was my friend was in a class this past uh, semester and one of their projects was to hold a charity event. Um, and that event was specifically, it happened the other night and um, all the proceeds were going towards the Do It For Daring campaign, um, which is raising money for mental health conversations um, surrounded around Darren who had lost her life um, a couple years ago. Um, and so I was able to lead a mindfulness meditation followed by um, a workout that another um, trainer was able to do. And I think this space in general, it's always something that fuels us and something that we always go back to in terms of being able to bring mindfulness into spaces and to help people honestly be well. And that's also just how Wellness World started in general. Even I started by leading mindfulness meditation. So it's something that we like to also return to um, as much as we can. Nice. So being a foodie just goes along with being a nutritionist, right? So what if you could give us one takeaway today on either something to add to our diet or something to take away, or mm -hmm. what would you say? So I would actually say that 
a lot of the time we think food is like the main factor when it comes to our health. Um, but something that I learned in health coaching as well is that that's not the case. And a lot of the time that's actually secondary. So the first thing that we should all pay attention more to are our relationships, our career, the space that we're in, everything. And that impacts our health more than eating salad every day. And it's being healthy and wealthy. Wealthy isn't about necessarily eating healthy and everything, but it's all about the other things that you're consuming on a day-to-day as well in terms of media, in terms of the conversations that you're having, what you're paying attention to, um, that actually has an overall bigger impact on your health. So I would say focus on the things that are actually off your plate. Nice. Okay. I like that because it's definitely the, the old adage, garbage in, garbage out, right? So if you're mm-hmm. If your brain, if your thought patterns are negative or if you're watching negative things or social media is bringing you down because everybody else's life looks mm-hmm. perfect, you know, when it's really not. Yeah. Because that's everybody's highlight reels. Um, yeah, I can see that. I like that. All right. Thank you. So tell us about why you both started Wellness World and where was it this time last year? So super exciting for us to share. Today is actually our one year of Wellness World. Is it really? That's yeah. so exciting. Yay. We decided we would schedule our podcast with you today. That's so to exciting. Celebrate. Okay, so today, listeners, I'm not sure when you're listening, but today is March 12th. Twelfth, yeah, March twelfth, yes. two thousand twenty-one, and it's your aunt. That's so cool. I wish we could go live. I'm sorry. Happy anniversary. That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. So yeah, last year, this time exactly last year, we had incorporated Wellness World and uh, we're pitching it for the first time at the Next Canada sh- March Showcase. So at that time, really, what it was was just an idea. It was just something we had come up with. It was a feature to recommend resources and services to students. And so since then, it's blown up to be this entire holistic student life platform. We've launched it. Uh, We've worked with many developers who have been incredible, worked with so many mentors, accelerators, and there's just been so many people who have supported us. But really, like looking, I guess, um, from that time last year to now, uh, we've grown to, I think the biggest thing is having something tangible, having uh, users who are every day using our platform and, 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 you know, getting value from it, which I think is huge for us because it was just an idea at this point last year. Nice. That's so cool. And shout out to Lisa at Next Canada for making our connection here. Uh, Next Canada is a, an accelerator in, is it just in Toronto or is it all of Canada? It's um it's virtual now, so it's all. I mean, mind you, you know they have participants from all over. Yeah. Um, they have Next AI, Next Founders, and Next Thirty Six, which is the program that we did, and it was really transform transformative for our journey. Nice, nice. So, Liv, explain to us what Wellness World does. What is your bottom line for the non-techie people who have no idea what SaaS means? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. So Wellness World, um, like you mentioned, is a holistic student life platform. So what we're really here to do is support students in everything outside of academics. So we know that a student life is so holistic. Um, and a lot of the time when we put on the hat of being a student, we forget all the other aspects of our life that contribute to our overall well-being. Um, and we've seen the mental health crisis exacerbate across Canada, but also globally. Um, So Wellness World is really the platform to support students in managing their wellness as well as engaging in the campus community. Um, And we do that through connecting students with the relevant resources and events and services based on their unique needs, wants, and identities. Nice. So you've kind of created like a 
a hub spot or a hub for people to connect for whatever mm -hmm. mental illness, and not just mental illness, right? Any other health related issues? Yeah, so we're definitely expanding through even just speaking to students now. So right now, our core three pillars on Wellness World is my community, my mental health, and my physical health. Um, but even through just conversations with students, like we've recognized that we'll probably be expanding more into also things like financial wellness, um, for example, as well, and even just like studying and different things like that. And I think something that even I are really um, passionate about is just creating more of that self-awareness, resiliency, and connectivity on campuses, um, and really being able to leverage tech to create massive impact. Nice. I think that's brilliant to add financial wellness, because if you're financially struggling, it's going to affect your mental capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of always in the back of your brain. You know, and I don't know, I, I hope Canada does a better job than America does in teaching kids about what the savings looks like, what, what mm -hmm. your, you know, 501 or uh, your 401k and planning ahead and learning your monthly expenses. I, my husband's very big on teaching my boys about that. And they don't always connect the dots. You know, what do you mean? Who's FICA and why are they taking all my money? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard process. So I think that's a great idea. Good job. Good job looking ahead. So what makes your partnerships so strong? It's not always easy, right? To work with the friends. No, yeah. At the same time, it's so fun. And it's such a pleasure to be able to work together day in, day out and just live our lives, grow. <laughs> we laugh a lot. Shoot the shit. <laughs> like we're, um, we're always having such a good time. And I think the biggest thing is, um, being friends, we have such a foundation of also understanding each other, knowing like the core of who one another are, and just having like that unconditional love, unconditional trust in our friendship and partnerships. Um, partnership has really been foundational to letting us drive the vision forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say trust plays such like a fundamental role. And because on the day to day, we're always constantly making decisions. And I think um, something that I know is funded and I would never be able to do this without like trust is a sense that like I know every time that like um, for example Eve makes a decision I know that she's thinking on behalf of the both of us as well and I think for both of us we really show up also representing wellness world and representing us as well as like a unit and just really keeping our mission and our values and everything into consideration when we are um, making decisions and I think for us it's also been being able to clarify what our vision is and to communicate that as well. And I think the entrepreneurial journey can be really tough and it can be really lonely and it's challenging, but I think um, being able to do it with a friend is honestly like we get to have fun along the way. And that's something that we also prioritize. So do you guys live together? We have <laughs> in the past, okay. but we've like, so we, in university, I think we like stayed over at each other's like places all the time. We would spend yeah. so much time like ideating, brainstorming, all these different things. And our hometown has both been in Oakville. Um, so it's nice because even during the pandemic, we've been able to work together um, and to keep that up. And we've lived together as well. And we've then, traveled together. Yeah. yeah. And we. it's also nice because like right now, I guess the place where we're at, mind you, we'll probably move around is yeah, being in our hometown. Mm -hmm. Our families are also just like 15 minutes apart. So it's mm -hmm. so nice. Uh, we're always at each other's sleepovers all the time. It's very cool to be uh, to have a co-founder that you can have slumber parties with, for sure. Absolutely. 
So uh, we had another co uh, another founder on our podcast a, a little while ago with a startup that he just started a year ago as well. He went through an accelerator uh, through the Thunder Launchpad here in Oklahoma. It's called mm -hmm. SocialWise, and they help uh, people who are unemployed to find jobs. But all of his partners live in one house. And so they said they will work till like two in the morning and they have a ping pong table and sometimes it gets crazy, but that's men, you know, they're a little bit different as far as they get. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you guys have wrestling matches. I don't know, but they, <laughs> they, they do crazy things. And, and I just envision them. I don't know. It just sounds like a really fun thing, but it's also hard because then you, you, there's no definite stop time. You're right. You're not leaving work. So that could be a challenge. So sometimes probably good that you don't stay together all the time. So what advice would you give to other friends who are thinking about starting a business together? I think that before going into any sort of business relationship um, with a friend, you really need to know at your core and at their core that they are a good person. And that can be, you know, to however you define it. But I think you really need to, like what was saying, like know that the other person has your best interest as well. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I kind of mentioned, but I think unconditional love and unconditional trust is so important because there's so many ways that a business can go. Um, there's a lot of really difficult decisions, decisions that may even question your character or things could go really sour. Like you could be in a really difficult position. And so um, you want to make sure that this other person is a good person and that they will have your best interest as well does that mean you think i'm a good person <laughs> maybe maybe yes there you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah i think like what you said like honestly like i think a huge part of it is just learning how to like communicate with each other well and and just to like really understand what each other are coming from because i think a lot of the time when we are trying to communicate sometimes things don't land properly or what we're trying to say isn't actually what we really mean and i think just really holding that non-judgmental space for each other also to be able to express freely and also just know that like we're never there with any malintention to hurt the other person or anything and truly everything that we do even if it is challenging and it's tough conversation sometimes it's because we care and because we want this to work out in a way in a good way and everything so there are other yeah definitely like in terms of communication understanding each other's workflows mm -hmm. also understanding each other's personalities like you also want someone who um thinks differently than you right mm -hmm. that, so that you can, you can merge your ideas um who's open to challenging you as well mm -hmm. um i think those are all really important things to you know creating like a, mm -hmm. a strong business and i also think um you know along with like knowing the other person's like also um, and the reason for why it's also important to like refine vision and stuff, it's like making sure you're on the same page. I think mm -hmm. um, making sure that you're aligned in where both, like where your direction is mm -hmm. and it's that collective direction. Um, because I think it can be really difficult when, when founders have definitely different visions of where they want the company to go, like that we've seen some things fall apart because of that reason. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why communication I would say is really important as well. Nice. It sounds like you guys have a really healthy uh, work relationship and understand each other. That's, that's crazy important. That's my husband and I are co-founders and we have a couple other teammates as well, but that can always add an interesting element. Cause we, we do know each clearly, we know each other well, but, <laughs> but I also can get really annoyed with him easily, you know, <laughs> because you're my husband and we communicate very differently. And I, 
my nickname on our team is the steamroller because if you want something to get done, you give it to me because it's going to get done. I might flatten some people in the process of doing that. Um, and he's a very slow processor, um, but he can see things that I can't see. And so sometimes I just have to sit back and just even count in my head. Okay, he's going to get to a point. He's going to he's gonna make a point and it's going to be great. It's going to be brilliant. But I just have to slow myself down, slow my roll. <laughs> I actually have a question for you, Tracy. I want to yeah. ask, what, how has your relationship changed with your husband since you've started a business together? You know, I think it's been great to it's kind of opened a new branch, I guess I could say of our understanding of each other and our appreciation for each other because we are actually working together. You know, that's just a whole different realm. I mean, we've raised kids together. We've, you know, spent 30 years together. That's a long time, but it's just, it's, it's made me appreciate him so much more Mm -hmm. and seeing how his brain works in a different way. Wow, I love him. That um, almost makes me want to have a husband and do business. Almost. <laughs> Are you going to leave me? Almost, no. Oh my gosh. That's you got a work wife right there. That's all you need right there is your work wife. <laughs> there you go. No, I totally agree with what you said in terms of just like the idea that it adds such like a different level to a relationship. Like we talk about this a lot, but it's just like it's such a unique relationship and partnership and to really like create a business together and create something that feels like a child um essentially together and just how that's and it's just such a unique experience also that I think like I think we're really grateful to be able to experience like with a friend Mm -hmm. I think yeah yeah absolutely it it means a a lot when somebody loves like you said your child as much as you do right and you have created something together so that's a perfect analogy I like that what does it mean to be leading a purpose-driven venture? And and how does that feel? Because it's not just like we're going to go sell, you know, cars or we're going to go, you know, build a building. You're, you're creating something and it has a purpose to help people. So what does that look like? Leading a purpose-driven venture is incredible because you get to wake up every day and know that you're creating something um, to address a cause that you really care about. And for us, it's certainly well-being and, and mental health. And so with that being said, though, it, it's amazing because, you know, you wake up and you know, even like the difficult things, the sort of mundane tasks, you know, there's some purpose behind it. It makes it a little bit easier. But also on the flip side, when you lead a purpose-driven venture, it also means that, you know, you, you care about it so much. So it's hard not to be invested in it emotionally and psychologically. So it's cool because there's such an interconnect um, where, you know, we see so much of ourselves in wellness world, like our core values, what we want to accomplish in our lives, like, you know, creating more resilient and self-aware connected campuses. Like that's something we want to do personally, but it's also something that, of course, the wellness world is executing on. So sometimes it's, you know, a bit hard to disconnect. And, you know, if something bad happens for the company one day, we like we feel that on a personal level and it's um, it's it's a blessing, but it's also like a curse in certain instances. I mean, I definitely say I wouldn't want to have it any other way, but I will say that um, having a super strong why um, and that, that why being our mission has been super foundational to getting through some of the tougher times and, and powering through even even persevering. I think when you have such a powerful why at the forefront 
it it makes everything and also being with like a really good friend I mean it makes it all easier so definitely you know when I think when when founders are you know looking at doing something that's purpose-driven there's um a level of uh, of more intensity but at the same time it's like learning also how to balance that which we're still figuring out (laughs) so was there like a like you said having a super strong why was there like a personal experience that one of you all had with somebody who was struggling with mental illness or what what start what was like the instigator what was that spark yeah, um, I think we've both um, had experiences with mental health, whether it be in our lives or in close family, friends, etc. And um, I can share, like, for myself, I think during high school, mental health was something that um, was a challenge for myself. And I think it's something where I should have seeked professional support a little earlier on. Um, but then also, even just throughout university and just seeing I had one of my um, closest friends uh, attempt suicide and I was with her throughout the process of just like the healthcare system as well as seeing how the university was not supporting her at all and I think I was very angered by just everything that I saw from that experience I think and I was like in my head I was just like I knew I had to like do something about this and I think when we came together we were ideating and everything it was just like we were both graduating and at our school specifically there was five suicides in the span of a year, um, which was so tragic. And we were like, okay, like we can't just graduate without at least trying to be a part of the solution. We felt like there really needed to be something that was created by students for students um, and from from people that really care and that were really connected to it. So everything that we've done has been in co-creation with students. Like we talked to students every week and even when we were ideating, like back and forth, like everything on Wellness World right now isn't just like even I, it was like very much like talking to students, what do they want? What do they need? Um, and really just how can we bring that vision to life? Um, and how can we support in the way that we know best? We want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, Strategic Hype. When people ask you about your business, what do you say? How do you describe your products or services? Are you selling yourself short because you just can't put it into words? You're good at what you do, but it's not always easy to communicate how you're great at your work with simplicity. But now you have help. My friend Andrea at Strategic Hype will help you clarify your mission and communicate your value with a hype kit. This process will help you cut through the noise and share the best of what you do. Made possible by recently brought Andrea on to create a hype kit for us. And I am so excited to see it based on other things I've seen her do for small businesses, large businesses, nonprofits, and churches. For details on all the good stuff you get out of this hype kit, email Andrea at strategic dash hype.com or reach out to us directly at made possible by us and we will get you connected. Hello, Tracy Walton here with Plenty Mercantile. We are a local sustainable lifestyle store. We've been in business since 2012. We have locations in downtown Oklahoma City in historic automobile alley We also have a location in Spring Creek in Edmond and one as well in Chisholm Creek. Our downtown store offers a rooftop venue and warehouse for events. Our information and social media handles are available on our website, www.plentymercantile.com. 
We'd love to meet you. Please stop by and say hello. And as always, remember shopping all of our local retailers makes a big difference. So how can people help you? Like our listeners are hearing this and thinking, what a great concept. And and right now you're focusing on Canada just specifically, right? Do you have visions for making it bigger? That's kind of two big questions right there. How can people help you? And what is your vision? The vision definitely goes beyond just Canada. The, the vision is definitely to be the holistic student life platform at every and like any and every educational institution out there i think in terms of like how can can we be supported i mean i think we we always just love connecting with individuals Mm -hmm. who have ideas or who want to share their story when it comes to their wellness journey or their mental health experience Mm -hmm. i think we have notes and notes there's so many pages and and Mm -hmm. recordings you know even people expressing um, some of their challenges, whether it was direct, indirect, their lived experiences, to, to help even formulate like our features to mm-hmm. understand what we need to do surrounding our content, our programming um, to better support students. And so I think honestly, just like anyone who is listening to this and, and has um, something they want to share with us and, 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 and specifically any students who would even love to see this at their school, we before we approach any school, we do a lot of consultation just mm-hmm. to understand the specific nuances of the campus because every educational institution has different culture, has different you know systems. And mm-hmm. so it's important for us to understand like how would Wellness World fit into the specific context? And how can it be like or, or something valuable for those that specific student body? No, I was just going to say, if you're a student and you're listening to this and you also feel like Wellness World is needed at your campus, like, please feel free to reach out to us. We are in Canada right now, but we are um, looking to expand into the States as well. So that's yeah. exciting. So how many campuses are you on right now? We'll be at, in the next few months, we'll be at Four. That's exciting. That's so cool. So how do people get a hold of you? So we both checked if you just go to info at wellnessworld.ca. Um, we both checked that email. We also have our personal, which is Eve at wellnessworld.ca and Livia at wellnessworld.ca. Hopefully not too hard to remember. No, those are not too hard. Those are not too hard at all. So uh, what's been the hardest thing about building this and how are you overcoming it? I think I think that the relationship with self has been something that's been challenging because it's like imagine being both the boss and the employee and that's like me and that's also Liv so I think it's like when I think about it I think a lot about um like the freedom also meaning that there needs to be discipline there needs to be regulation but it's like self-discipline and self-regulation so I would say that that's been definitely like, a, I mean, it's also like a blessing to have so much food, but it's also been something that like actively every day, it's like, what do I want to accomplish? And it's like, how can you be, um, be ambitious and at the same time, not be too hard on yourself and also be okay when you messed up um, and also celebrate the wins. So it's mm-hmm. all about, I think, that relationship with self and how you manage the freedom and also um, balance that with like the greater vision that can be also challenging to to reach. Yeah, I think with entrepreneurship, like as much as it is a journey of entrepreneurship, it is also such a journey of like self-discovery. Um, I think for a lot of us, like there's just so much you as a founder and whatever decision that you make, like you really have to take the time to also be 
self-aware and realize like where are you making this decision from like is it out of a reaction to a certain like emotion that's been placed on you or are you doing this because it's actually like the right thing to do and I think there can be a lot of like skeletons in the closet that like open up when um you are on this journey and also on this journey with someone else as well like even I was finding like there's so much that even in a relationship like you bring out from one another and it's just really understanding like again like where are you coming from where's the other person coming from and really working on yourself as well in the process because I think I've heard a quote somewhere that really resonated with me and it was the idea that um your business stops growing when you stop growing Mm. and I think the same time that you want to pour all this energy and everything into the business as well you also need to ensure that you you are giving nourishing yourself in the right ways to grow to flourish so that you can also keep up with the business and um, to make those decisions for the longer term vision and have that clarity. Uh, that's a great quote because it's hard being an entrepreneur is it's, it's not for the faint of heart, right? I mean, you have to be brave. You have to be a hard worker. Just like you said, Evie, you have to be a self-motivator. You know, you don't have a boss out there telling you what to do. So, and if you want to stay in bed, and that's one of the great things about being entrepreneurs, if you want to stay in bed today, you can stay in bed today. But you also yeah. know that nobody else is doing the work, right? I mean, it's, it's the two of you. <laughs> and if one of you isn't doing it, it's not happening. So, yeah, yeah, I get that. But you do have to slow down and just relax and read a fun book or, you know, it doesn't all have to be work oriented. And I, I think... I'm sure that your yoga backgrounds and meditation definitely come to play in that. And just even just to slow down and breathe for a few minutes. Right. So true. And I think we're also finding like we need to return to that. Like was saying, like we need to go back to also where it started for us mm-hmm. leading those mindfulness meditations for students. Like that's really where this all came also came from. I mean, there's many factors, but that was sort of how we formed our partnership and our initial sort of initiative. So how do we return to that? and be reminded of why we started and also how do we catch a breath? Yeah, because I think even for our past year, like there are months where we were not being well. Like I think like truly like the business, like it starts going and like you, you're you just like reacting to like the business and everything. And it really is hard to like find that time. And I think for both of us, um, for a while, just lost our practice as well with like mm-hmm. mindfulness, meditation, movement, everything. And I think even just like taking time through like the holidays and like the past couple months I think we're also on our own journeys to like rediscovering like what that looks like for us um as we go along this journey because it's also like the transition from like being in school into being like full-time with us and um I say this a lot but like sometimes it feels like you're constantly in exam season um and we all know how unsustainable exam season is (laughs) so how do we create something that's sustainable so that we so that we don't burn out um, because of the, like you said, like if we run out, nobody's going to do the work. Um, and so at, at the end of the day, thinking long, longer term, um, making that a priority is just so important. So have you set for yourselves your work hours, like start and stop? So I have a hard stop. This is no matter what I'm stopping at this time. I know I have the same problem. I was working <laughs> until 11 o'clock last night. I'm, I, this is so bad. I need to apologize to my son for this. I was at his baseball game yesterday with my laptop because I had like four things that I had to get done and I'm watching him play, but I'm also working, you know, and that's not, that's not healthy for anybody, but I was still up till 11 because I had things that had to get done. So it's so hard as an entrepreneur to find those times. Have you been able, you were shaking your heads no, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it is a challenge. I think it's also, and, and you're in the same boat, Tracy, where it's like going back to even purpose-driven ventures. It's like you care about it so much, like you want to do it. It's like, like it, it's such, mm-hmm. it's so, it gives you such a rush, and 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 so it's satisfying, and you want to be doing the work that you're doing. I do think though, um, like for us, we try and take um, a day off usually in the week. We, we usually, yeah, we usually do that. Mm-hmm. We have our Sunday resets usually. So when we meet, it's like yes to do work, but it's also to plan for the week ahead, mm-hmm. which is a really nice sort of calm way to do it where before Monday morning rush comes in, we're able to connect and it doesn't have to be only work, but it's also like catching up Mm -hmm. and thinking about like the kind of greater overarching things that we need to address for the business and also in our relationship and in our lives as well to have any clearings or whatnot. So that helps. That definitely helps. And I think something that's really important to also keep in mind and something that we've also adjusted to as well is just like recognizing that even if you do set these like times for yourself or like when to work, when to not, um, allowing yourself to be flexible within these boundaries as well. Because I think it's like, it's some days like, yeah, maybe we're not getting it to bed until like two or 3 a.m. because we have a pitch the next morning or we have a meeting that we have to prep for. But then other days, maybe we can get to bed at like nine and just recognizing that like, what are the little things that you can incorporate in your day? Like whether it's just 10 minutes of breathing or just going for a walk in the day or just doing something that you know that really energizes you, helps you feel grounded, um, and having certain rituals that maybe you do like, but then allowing for the other time to be flexible, um, and just knowing that we, as humans, like, we're, we're not machines, and so every day is not going to be the exact le- replica of the day before, um, and just giving us the liberty, the kindness as well, and extending that kindness to each other. Um, things come up with family, and for us, something that we've always held since the very beginning is that like people in our life and everything will always come first. Like if someone needs us, like we will step in for each other um, whenever like one of us needs it as well. And just recognizing that um, we to not put necessarily work in front of like the people in our life, which is who we truly care so much about. That's wise. That's wise. People, people matter. People come first. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something in knowing yourself and knowing your partners and their rhythms and what works for them. My husband's an early morning guy. He's a 4 a.m. guy. That's just how he rolls his whole life. Oh. How he rolls. I he can sleep. Oh, me, yeah, no. I can sleep till nine and be perfectly pleased with myself. That's totally okay. Um, and I also know that we've had a rule in our marriage. I don't know how many years we've done this, but after seven o'clock, I can't ask him questions that are going to make him get his brain start going because he's shutting his brain down at that point. So if I start asking questions about what's happening tomorrow or, hey, let's think about this concept or this problem is happening with our children, it has to happen during between the 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. or he's not going to be able to fall asleep. So it's just knowing, you know, but that's also spending a lot of time with someone as you, you get to yeah. learn those things and honoring those things because I'm a night owl. So that's when my brain's going. And so I have to make notes. I can't ask him at that time. And I'm going to forget it if I don't write it down, but I write it down. Okay. We'll talk about this later because sometimes I'll start to say something and then I'll stop and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. It's after seven. And he's like, well, now you have to tell me because now I'm wondering what it is. I think it's, you know, something big and it could have just been something small. So just learning those rhythms is important. You guys are way ahead of the game. I, I love that. I love that. You, you got some, 
get that process. Oh my gosh, no, we're definitely learning that as well in our relationship. Like even I think in terms of working styles and a lot of things, we, we are also like opposites in a lot of ways. And I think even with like Eve's a night owl, I'm definitely more of a morning bird. And we're also like learning that fluctuation um, as well. And just like understanding day shift. Day shift. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You need to do, you meet about noon, right? Have your, have your productive meetings at noon because yeah. it's still pretty fresh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly when we do it at noon. Yeah. There you go. Noon stand there up. You go. You got to find that rhythm. So you all get paid through universities um, buying your services, right? That's how that works. Okay, great. So if anybody listening, you have connections with universities, um, mainly in Canada right now, but in, when you're ready to start popping in the U.S., we'll get you hooked mm-hmm. up with some people out here and get that rolling because that's not mm-hmm. not just a Canadian issue, right? Clearly, uh, mm-hmm. mental health is an issue worldwide. Um, especially with this last year that everyone has had, it's it's a definitely a healthy thing. We we've always joked. My husband and I have gone to counseling sometime. I've gone to therapy sometimes on my own, and you know, there's a lot of stigma with that. You know, people don't want to talk about that or they don't want to do it. And I just decided that I take my car in to get its oil changed. I take my car in to get you know the whatever regular checkups that my car needs. Mm-hmm. Why would I not take myself in? Why would I not treat myself that same way? And so I think I appreciate how you guys are trying to break down those barriers and it not be a stigma and a place for people to go if they're feeling embarrassed by it. You know, nobody even has to know that they're seeking those resources Mm -hmm. there, Mm -hmm. but just to try to break those barriers down. Are you seeing that happening more? Do you think? I know it's a long road. It definitely is a long road. I think that though we're seeing in the university spaces Students are, are largely, I think, becoming uh, or destigmatizing mental health as, or, or therapy or, or the need for voicing uh, what you need from a psychological standpoint. So we see that happening. I think there's a lot of systemic changes that need to happen in terms of capacity building and uh, when it comes to policy specifically. And that's why I'm you know, always amazed by the work that activists and advocates are doing. I think that there's a lot of different pieces that need to come together from um, public funding, from uh, us in the tech space to grassroots organizations to uh, even university policy. So I think there's a lot that needs to come together. But in terms of, I'm curious to know what you have to say about that too. Yeah, I definitely think that we've seen like throughout the years that there are more conversations happening. Um, but there's a lot more still to be done, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically around the fact that obviously as Canada and even America um, has so many international students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even in Canada, like the Indigenous community, everything. And I think there's a lot of talk about mental health, wellness, all these different things. And some of these words and concepts can be very foreign depending on your background as well. And I think it's also not only breaking down that specific stigma, but just how does mental health and wellness apply for people with different backgrounds, different cultures, different upbringings, um, and making that more accessible. And that's something that we're really working on when it comes to even the tech side of things. Um, Eve's right now working on indigenizing our platform more. Um, We're really focused on having accessible tech and just knowing that 
even for us, like in recognizing where our biases come from when it comes to wellness and mental health um, and how can we check our own biases and ensure that um, the platform isn't a representation of that. And something that um, you had mentioned that reminds me of an analogy in terms of if anybody's thinking about uh, going to therapy or is thinking that you might not need it yet or if you're not at a stage of like crises, so it's not meant for you. Um, something that I've heard once is just like the same way that we go to the gym to work out our bodies. Um, you can go to therapy and work out your mind. And those are things that are, it's okay. And with the, when you want to grow, you want to get stronger. And the only way you can get stronger is by exercising that um, part of your body. So go exercise mm-hmm. your mind. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Think, I'm sorry. Eve, I, just want to touch, I just want to touch on something that Liv mentioned about, um, you know, there's, we, we need to be addressing mental health and, and wellness um, through a lens, like not only our own, but also mm-hmm. seeing other people's like identities, mm-hmm. really, their faith, et cetera. I think it's so important when we're dealing with different communities, people have different approaches um, to mental health. And I think often like in the university spaces, and, and I think just in general, we have this like Western conceptualization of what mm-hmm. mental health is. Um, and so it's important, like when we have such multicultural societies, how can we think about it in a more inclusive way and, and also recognize like, the diversity in experiences and, and also like the type of seek, uh, sorry, mental health support that people seek, but also mm-hmm. what works for them. Like I think people can turn to their spiritual leaders and find an incredible amount of mental um, support, sorry, mental health support there, or it could mm-hmm. be otherwise people sometimes more through movement um, and then others through therapy. I think it's like, there's so many different ways and, and ideally it's also combination of different supports, right? So it's not just one thing, but it's like a, a combination spanning all different parts of wellness, the different pillars. Mm-hmm. No, that's so important to know yourself and to know what you need. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm an, I always say I'm a recovering introvert in that I, I enjoy people. I love getting out, but I have to be by myself to charge my batteries. I have to have that time. And um, for the last four years, I've taken a week away by myself. I've gone to the beach sometimes. I've gone to the mountains sometimes. uh, But just where I have no work to do, I don't have to make dinner for anyone. It's just all about me. I read. I bring my dog. We go hiking. You know, but that is just a reset for me. And then my husband, this last year, we started planning to where one month he goes away for a weekend and the next month I go away for a weekend just to have that reset, you know, but it's taken us this long to figure out, you know, some healthy habits, but I want to, whoever's listening, give yourself, it's okay. It's okay. Figure out what you need and mm-hmm. I don't allow yourself to do it. If that is just to go jump on your bike for an hour, or if it's to go sit and read a book for an hour or to go take a nap, people take a nap. Naps are good. <laughs> yeah. Naps are so good. Naps, I love naps because naps make me feel like I, if I'm having not the best day, I nap and then I wake up and it feels like a quote unquote new day. <laughs> That's exactly. It's a reboot, right? You get to start over. Yeah. Yes. I'm an outdoor and girl. I, go ahead. Go, go, go. No, I was just going to say, I think like the earlier and the more time that you give to understand yourself and know what your needs are is also like the earlier it is that you can communicate those to the people around you um, in your life and how they can support you as well. Yeah, I think I'll even, I was going to say, it's definitely a trial and error process mm-hmm. and being patient and forgiving with yourself when you're figuring things out. Also knowing that you may also have different needs as your life ebbs and flows. I think even like as an example, like I used, I, I really grew up with the yoga practice and 
it was so powerful for me for so many years. And I found in the last like year or so, like I, or two years, like I needed something a little bit more rigorous in terms of movement. And so um, that's just something I identified. And now I'm sort of returning back to the practice and it's been again, super transformative for me, but it's just even knowing that like, it's not going to be the same all of the time and that's totally okay. You'll just redo that trial and error process. And there's something wrong with that. Yeah. I, I discovered paddle boarding a couple years ago and now mm-hmm. it's my own little private mm-hmm. Island. I absolutely love it. I will take, if I can take the whole day, I'll do it. But I go out, paddle for an hour, paddle around and I find a little cove and I bring a book or I'll listen to a podcast or sometimes I've taken a nap on my paddleboard before. Oh my gosh. It just depends on that's talent. That is talent. That's called tired is what that is. I have a three-year-old <laughs> and sometimes he just wears me out, but yeah, but it is right. It's finding that thing that feeds your soul and whoever's listening, mm-hmm. you're worth it. You're worth it. It's healthy to set mm-hmm. boundaries, find what feeds your soul and do it. Mm-hmm. And if you need help, reach out to what's your, give us your URL again. Um, you can, or info at wellnessworld.ca. Okay, there you go. Reach Feel out. free to reach out. Yes, the ladies will hook you up on some, it doesn't matter where in the world you are, right? That you guys mm-hmm. can give some tips on things that they could do. To, for sure. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Okay, ladies, give us your uh, motivational statement, your call to action. What do you want to leave us with today? <laughs> oh, ooh. I'm a chocolate. Oh, girlfriend, I am a chocolate. God shows love to me every day through chocolate. I love chocolate. So I I hope, Liv, you don't say that's a bad thing. I try to do dark chocolate. Oh, my God, no. And I don't do buckets of it. So (laughs) We, like, over the summer, Eve had, like, a chocolate addiction. So naturally, I was also a victim Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And we would just have chocolate bars all the time um, and would go through them like water. Uh, I'm telling you, that's one of my things is... Um, a mini exercise. Okay. That really, really, it's not so many, but, um, this is something that I did in yoga teacher training, but also throughout some of, um, some of the sessions that I did at Power Yoga Canada. This is really to identify tapes in your life, tapes being the recurring negative thoughts that come up for you, the belief patterns that you have that you might not even know that you have. If you sit down with yourself and a few pieces of paper, take a moment, close your eyes, think about your childhood and notice like the sort of negative experiences that come up. And so take a moment to just kind of do like a little bit of a, like a run through in your mind of that and write them down on your piece of paper, writing down what you believed about yourself in those moments. So like, I believed I was not good enough or I was, I believed. I was ugly or whatever, whatever it is. And so do that for three times. So do it for your childhood, do it for yourself growing up as a teenager. And then think about it too, um, in your life now, or since then, what, you know, however old you are, do it three times. And really at the end, look at highlighting what is like the most common thought pattern that came up. And this is really, really powerful to do this when you look at all the experiences and not all of your experiences, hard to go through all your experiences, but really the significant experiences in your life that evoked some negative emotion, because you'll find that usually there's a few tapes, quote unquote, that come up for you. And those tapes are actually, whether consciously or subconsciously running your life. And so when you're upset in a moment, when something bad happens, or you feel negatively, 
it's often one of those tapes is at play. And so I encourage everyone to do this sort of exercise to, to firstly just, you know, identify that. And then you want to go, you know, talk to a professional about this or, you know, what, however you want to take it further. I think the most important first step is drawing awareness to that tape. And then as almost like an action piece that you can do for yourself is like knowing that you're at play with this. It's like you've identified it. And now that you have identified it, there is a power in that because next time you do feel upset, revert back to thinking, asking yourself, like, what tape is coming up? And more often than not, you'll find that it is the same tape or the same tapes from before. So that's just a little exercise um, that I wouldn't, that I would definitely encourage everyone to take on and, and to do it from time to time. No, that's a great idea because what we believe to be true, whether it's true or not, is going to affect our lives, right? So if you're believing false things about yourself or negative, negative things about yourself, it's going to affect your life. And that's not healthy. For sure. And that's just, and this is just like the first step. So, you know, with, I think this is the, the identifying portion. There's a lot of work to be done afterwards, but I think that's one way that you can exercise more self-awareness in your life and, and kind of be con confront yourself in a way. Yes. Let's define those negative tapes and delete them. Get them out. Yes. Right. Liv, what you got? That's definitely a very powerful practice. I also second that for everyone who's listening. Um, I think my piece will just be more so something that I've learned in my life that's really helped me just like continue to take risk. And I think, think about everyone that like anybody in your life that you really look up to as a role model. And that could be a celebrity. It could be someone who's a speaker. It could be an author. It could be a mom, dad, anybody. And just recognizing that these people that you may put on a pedestal, like they're also human and they face the same fears that you do as well. Um, and I think when it comes to life, when it comes to entrepreneurship or anything, it truly is just getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Like the reason the people are that you looked up to wherever they are isn't because they stayed in their comfort zone. And there is a level of resistance of discomfort, maybe pain and just like and just honestly, like instead of resisting that in your life and doing something and being nervous about it and being scared and recognizing like those emotions, like that's okay. That doesn't mean you should stop going. That doesn't mean you should stop overall. Um, but even just accepting that maybe that's exactly the space that you're supposed to be in to grow. Because if we think about even exercise and movement, like our muscles literally break down for them to build back stronger. Um, and it's like, how do we, and that doesn't come with just lying on our bed, like to the end, like it is hard work and it's, and it's discomfort, but through that is also where you build that resiliency. And the more you do it, like the easier it does get, but it's not meant to be an easy thing necessarily right off the bat. And that's okay. And just welcome any of those emotions that do arise and don't judge yourself for feeling a certain way, for being scared, for being nervous, but like bring those emotions in. Like honestly, picture yourself like giving it a big hug and being like, I recognize you, like you're here with me and like we're on this journey together and like bring your fear along the ride. Like, cause it's not going to go away, especially if you're looking to build the life that you dream and anything is possible. Like I say this, but like we can put man on the moon, like literally anything is possible. Um, so yeah, go out there and be, befriend your fears. Nice. I, I like that. Befriend your fears, get comfortable being uncomfortable because mm -hmm. we're all broken. We're all flawed. We all have gaps and we're all in this process together. 
So I like Nobody's that. perfect. No, no, nobody is. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate you sharing your vision, sharing your heart for helping people to get whole body wellness, starting with, with mental health wellness, but just to reach out there and care about others because a lot of people, well, a lot of people you were at university with had the same experience of five people committing suicide in one year, but didn't do anything, right? But you guys stepped up and you did. So thank you for doing that. That's going to change thousands of people's lives. And I, I believe across campus, across the globe, not just in Canada, um, all over the place. So thank you for doing that and being brave, being brave and trying something. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It thank was an honor to us. be here. And we were so thrilled to have such a great organization as yours interview us and share this candid and, and really meaningful conversation. Well, thank you. Thank you. Don't go away. Listeners, thank you <laughs> for uh, joining us today for another conversation around good. I want to give a shout out again to our sponsors, Strategic Heights and Plenty Mercantile. Um, If you have any questions about mental health, reach out to these ladies and they will get you some help. But join us next time for another conversation around good. Thank you for joining us for another conversation around good. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on a story of good. Made Possible by makes giving easy for community-minded businesses and provides a better way to share their stories of good. Go to madepossibleby.us for more information or to sign up to be a guest on our podcast. Now, get out there and make good loud.